I'm excited for Nashville next year, but I'm also excited to go to local shows. I think local shows will start coming back in, in, in 2021 and we'll see more of those. And if you're out there listening, if you're an organizer, I don't know why you wouldn't organize one, right? Because the people are definitely going to want one as soon as we can get out there. People are going to want them. Guys, if there was ever a time to have uh, more than one national, it's uh, perhaps this coming year, 2021, as uh, Ziggy was saying, the, the pent-up demand for getting together, not just shows, but getting together is there. And so the problem is, and I know and I'm retired now, but when I wasn't retired, I was the boss. The buck stopped there, at least for my little sphere of influence. But the National Sports Collectors Convention is more of a committee structure. It's not as easy to just say, hey, here's what we're going to do, because the dealers get a vote and there's a committee and then there's the, the, the kind of the managing partners. So it's trying to please all the people. Uh, there are some people that really want it on the West Coast, but some people say, don't you dare. And there's no one person that says, okay, sorry, I listen to everybody, but here's what we're going to do. But if there was ever a time to expand the concept and think that we've got the energy and the enthusiasm for two nationals, East and West, or Midwest, even three, this is this next year is the time to boldly jump out there. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. I think this is absolutely the time. And Brian says um, uh, in the comments right there, that would be a good time if you were going to regionalize things like that and add in more shows to try and hammer down a specific venue in a specific place. So it doesn't really rotate all the time. I don't know if that's what the committee would want to do. I don't know if they like moving it around different parts of the country and stuff like that. But if we're having regionalized shows, then that would make a lot of sense. Yeah, but Drew, this is a highly unregulated industry. Right. And so there's lots of people that think entrepreneurially that yes. can have a, like Ziggy saying, next year's shows, when you're the first show after a year of sitting around and you're in the uh, on the East Coast, West Coast, Northwest, uh, even Dallas, uh, the uh, Kyle shows are doing better than expected. Mm-hmm. And there's no, Kyle can call his show anything he wants to. The Chantilly show, the yeah. Fort Washington, all these shows, the Greater Boston show, all those ought to take on greater um, uh, importance. And there's Again, they, they shouldn't call it a national if it's not a national. Gloria Rothstein called hers the East Coast National. The the uh, Toronto Expo is a Canadian national. I just think all shows in 2021, to Ziggy's point, could be set records. Oh, absolutely. Um, we've had shows here in North Carolina for a while now. Um, they've they, they pretty much ramped up a, a steady schedule in North and South Carolina, and the shows have been packed. They've been incredible. They've been great. And people have been very, they follow the, the guidelines that people have out really well. There's never been like really any issues at any of them that I've seen or been to. And they've really ramped it up full steam here. I'm hoping that they get that going in other places in the country. But they started doing it out in Texas now, haven't they? Have they oh, yeah. Have they started, yeah, I thought so. You know, I'm curious. I know the manufacturers like Top Spinini, uh, Upper Deck do big events at the National. Do they do any events at any of the regional stuff that would attract people? I, I, I don't know if they show up at Chantilly. I know like distributors do, but I don't think the manufacturers do. Because I think if we get the manufacturers going, that would also bring a lot of attendance. Any show that would have all the national, all the manufacturers present would be a de facto national. There'd yeah. be freebies. There'd be lots of publicity, but. They, they, it's a, there's a chicken and egg problem. It's if you can't just build it and they'll come. You've got to demonstrate you're going to have ten or twenty or thirty thousand people coming. Doctor Beckett, what do you think about the retail aspect right now and everything? Again, the, these card companies they're out to make money and they're not doing. Well, one thing I like and I like the way the conversation is going is that that the, the card companies are into experimentation. They're trying yeah. some things. The problem is sometimes the things they're trying actually do work. And then sometimes they'll beat that to death yes. uh, and, and overproduce it. Well, then a year or two later, then that quit working, they'll do something else. So I'm very much in favor of the experimentation. It makes for a dynamic uh, hobby industry. And then also you've got the situation of 
it start it gets more complicated. You got all these different SKUs and things yeah. like that, and complications up to a point are really interesting for our industry. But you can't tell people not to buy stuff that they think they can make money on. And the tipping point is when base cards can be graded and sold for big bucks. Then you don't care where you got the base cards. Yeah. You, you, you can get them graded if you want to wait a long time. But if you get good grades, you made your money back and, and then some and had yeah. a great experience. Yeah. So I was thinking of exploring this a little bit further as we were talking I've heard, and I can't remember where I heard this on somebody's podcast this week, where you take product lines and in order to keep retail at retail and keep the entry level product, you keep uh, big league at Walmart and into the retail. So then you keep, you keep the more lower end into retail and then you keep the higher ends at, and then you go Amazon fulfillment and say, okay, we're going to put everything on, on Amazon and fulfill it that way. We as we as a cart company or as Top Spinini, we aren't experts in the fulfillment aspect of it. Let's say Top 2020 is a, is a severe example. Why is why are Tops and in, in, in everybody having a hard time with their distribution when Amazon's sitting right there and it's got the thing figured out and got the distribution and, and the ability to do it? Does that take out the distributor relationship then? And how does that affect the distributors? Uh, it's a great thought, and I, I cannot remember where I heard that podcast, but it, it, it stirred a whole bunch of thought into my brain of how do we, and not, you're never going to fix it because we are free market capitalists. And if you change, uh, being a sales rep, if you change the rules, I'm going to figure out a way to, 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 to do it. Uh, you see, you're shaking your head. Guys, the, the last time this was fixed was in the junk wax era when, right. uh, when uh, cards were omnipresent. When we're talking about distribution anomalies, the companies are, I won't say laughing all the way to the bank, but that's very healthy that people can't find what they want immediately. That the, mm-hmm. there's a deferred gratification. You got to work it. You got to drive around. You got to be smart. So that's in the business plan of these card companies. If, right. if, and so you're throwing out all these great ideas, but it's going to backfire because they're going to say, I was listening to Hobby Hotline. They threw out a bunch of ideas. We're going to try those too. So if they don't look at it if they don't look at it as a dichotomy that we're going to do all in this channel, there's a fluidity in our industry mm-hmm. that that is, that is a positive aspect. That's fair. That's fair, and that's actually I, again something I didn't think about. Just uh, trying to you hear the other side, and I hear and I do a lot of listening. I do a lot of listening now uh, to what's going on in the industry. Number one, trying to catch back up. Number two, just trying to help bring more. I don't know if it's content or whatever you want to call it, a little bit more knowledge-based to the tribe. But hearing different thoughts and different ideas and steering, you make a great point, Dr. Beckett, to shut up and don't rush <laughs> 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 so It's like uh, the experimentation and stuff, like you said, including everything on that same interview that uh, the DJ was talking about. I mean, that's where megaboxes came from. Mm-hmm. Everything was moving from the shelves uh, instead of jacking up the prices of blaster boxes and hanger boxes, which they've upped the price of some products. I have a feeling Prism blasters might be a couple more bucks than 22 but they're not going to double the price of the blasters they're going to create other configurations and that's where you're getting these the trial that they're doing and everything and it's going to be it's going to be interesting uh, to see what they do next <laughs>